The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk with my co-host, Terry Jack. You that, TJ? I'm here, love. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. How you doing today? Wonderful. Well, we got a lot to talk about. We're supposed to have a good show today. We will have at the uh, second half of the hour, we have Reggie Slater calling back. So we get some insight on the NBA, what's going on with Oklahoma and San Antonio, and your Miami Heat. You know, I know you like <laughs> Miami. Am I right? Yes, I do like Miami. I think me and you don't agree on nothing. You like we Dallas. Don't. I don't like Dallas. You like Miami. What is that, Terry? <laughs> That's nothing new. <laughs> <laughs> so we get to see what he thinks about, you know, what's going on there. We can throw some questions at him and get his answers and his insight on that, you know. But we're going to start off, Terry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, I also want to find out what he thinks about uh, Patrick Ewing not getting that job uh, with the Bobcats Jordan. Oh, that's you know? a good question, too. We get into that and talk about that. And actually, I have a question for you later on about that, so... Yeah. We get into that second half, but I want to start off, Terry. We were talking a little bit before we started the show that um, all these players are getting in trouble. I mean, it seems like it's minor stuff, you know, it's misdemeanors, but it's still, you know, it's making the organization look bad. You know, I know a lot of uh, players go out to clubs, you know, and I told you, you know, their time is their time, you know, but you don't agree. You think they're still on the contract and they belong to that um, organization, but. You know, this Nick Farley for the Detroit Lions. I mean, great player, played at Auburn, national championship, come on first-round draft. You know, I mean, in two months he's been arrested. You know, what's going on with that, Terry? Well, I don't know. I mean, something that uh, that's a normal, everyday thing that happens, once it happens to somebody who's prolific or, you know, is, is under the microscope, it becomes a big thing. Um, possession of marijuana happens all the time. Uh, so does public intoxication and open containers. But you put that situation with a football player or, you know, a basketball player or a baseball player, then it becomes a big deal. My question to you, Terry, is, is uh, do we overlook it saying, okay, it's misdemeanors, you say people, you know, I think I've seen a comment of um, one of the guys on the um, Yahoo Sports can't think of his name, but I get it said that all NFL players smoke weed, marijuana. You know, are we looking at it and say, okay, that's their hobby or what they do, that's okay, and they drink and puffs and toxication. Do you overlook those incidents, Terry? No, I don't think you can overlook that at all. Um, and I don't expect them to overlook it. I expect them to uh, hand down their punishment or, or suspensions or whatever it is that they need to do. But 
thing about it is, is that our media makes a big deal out of it. <clears throat> and <clears throat> these guys are subject to messing up and screwing up just like anybody else is, uh, any normal person, uh, because that's what they are, first and foremost. Um, but, again, like I said, if the league has a uh, policy against it, then they should, uh, you know, punish them to whatever they deem necessary. And, and I think they should. Um, our, our, our pro athletes also have to look at people that are looking at them and, and what they're representing. You know, it has to mean more to them than that. Um, it's just like uh, having a kid, love. When, once you have a kid, nothing else is important, you know, um, just that kid. And these guys worked that hard to to make it to where they made it, and they should treat it like that, like like it's very important. What I was saying, and I agree with what you're saying, you got to look at that as your job, but isn't, I mean, what you do, you know, well, I, I agree with you, don't get me wrong, I'm just saying, you know, it's like these players are under a microscope, but every little thing you do is going to be like in the media, because we don't care that... Jonathan Winters did the same thing that um, Nick Farley did, but Nick Farley's name is Plant Detroit. You know what I'm saying? Right. Absolutely. You agree with what I'm saying on that? Yep. And, and in the sports world, I mean, that's news. Uh, people aren't going to, you know, we've talked about this before, people aren't going to click in and, and, and look at something that says this NFL player um, wins an award for being, um, you know, the, uh, the citizen of the year. I mean, they don't care about that. Uh, but you put that same situation, um, this player was cited or arrested for, you know, a possession of marijuana or public intoxication or, or whatever the crime is, um, and then it's plastered all over because that's what people want to see. And, and, and you know, you in that um, profession, Terry, isn't that a normal thing, though? You know, isn't that yeah, normal? Yeah, it happens all the time. You know, it happens all the time every day. Um but until it happens to, you know, someone who has, you know, some kind of cloud or the, what they deem is important, it's really not, It's you know, it's overlooked. It's just an everyday thing. And it's kind of funny, you know, that we look at it, and then when it, when it goes up on the screen, it says, you know, uh, um, these players, uh, we got Galen. Galen there? I'm here. Yeah, we was talking about this Nick Farley, you know, and what he's doing, and all these players are getting in trouble. Isn't that common? Uh, yeah, it's common, you know. I know. But when you're in the public eye, you just you have to make better decisions. And we got Glover online. You there, Glover? Eric? Yes, I am. So what do you Glover? think of that, too? Oh, that's all the face. Hey, you know what? Well, you, you asked for the common. I wouldn't say it's common. I mean, they are human beings, you know, and they're held to a different standard than most people. So when they do something which, as you said, is common, it seems to get magnified more or people look at it more because of who they are because people get DUI arrests every day and it's not put in the media the way it is when entertainers, you know, get a DUI. Well, my question to you guys is, we look at it, it's only misdemeanor. That's that's what, a, uh, well, I'm not saying a normal person do, but that's their fun, right? Going out having a beer and, you know, I'm not I agree with what they do with the marijuana, but isn't that just what they do? Can they have fun like everybody else? They got to be responsible like everybody else as well. And, and when you drink and drive... 
you uh, endanger other people out there. And he's lucky he didn't get into an accident because, and then someone gets injured because then he would be in in trouble civilly, um, with law criminally, and and then also in the media. So, I mean, again, like Glove said, I mean, you have to make better choices when you're in that position. Is that Terry? Either. Yeah, I'm here. I, I agree with it. I mean, not only are you putting other people in danger, you're also endangering yourself. I mean, you know, you, you got to look at it that way as well. Um, you know, you, you, do you care enough about yourself not to do those kinds of things? Put yourself in that kind of danger? Or others? You know? Well, my question, my question to you guys is, is um, we're looking at now, it was different when we was coming up. Now um, you got teams looking at people doing the background on checks on their kids going into their homes and see what kind of home they are. you think that's fair to that kid? Because some don't grow up like the others. And in the sports world, you know, a kid might have gotten in trouble when he was young because he didn't have the right people, you know, to direct him in the right way. Is that fair to not take a kid nowadays because he had a bad past in the background? Well, I don't well, necessarily know that it's fair. The bottom line is that they've got to start somewhere. Um, look at what they did with the uh, with the GPAs. You had to have a certain GPA before you could get into school. Um, before people were graduating from college or not graduating from college and couldn't even read because they were going on athletic scholarships. Um, so you have to start somewhere, and you know that that hopefully will help these kids if they want that bad enough. It'll help these kids to you know walk a straight line and 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 live the the right life um, so that they can go somewhere. Hey, I agree. I, I I agree totally. You know, when you when you go for a job, for instance, like you were saying, you know, you got to have a certain GPA to qualify to get into college. You know, once you get into college, you know, you got to you know keep that GPA in order to participate, whether it be sports or if you're on an academic scholarship, you got to keep your GPA up as well. Then upon graduation from college, and you go to look for a job, what do they do? They do a background check, you know, to make sure you're qualified, you know, to to get the job that you are going for. So why shouldn't these guys have to go through some type of criminal background check as well in order to get the job? You know, the one thing people don't realize is playing in the NFL is a privilege, you know, and not a lot of people are privileged enough to pay to play in the NFL. So why shouldn't they be held at a different standard because of what they're doing? I don't think they should get a pass. I absolutely agree 100% with Glove. What he's saying there is, is absolutely the truth. And, you know, I mean, these people are getting paid tons of money. And, and these owners uh, and these teams are making serious investments in, into these players. And so they need to look in the public eye as though they're following the law and doing the things they're supposed to do. And when they don't do that, that's a mark on the team, and it hurts the team, and it hurts the NFL, which is the reason why uh, the new commissioner is coming down on players who make the NFL look bad. And he's suspending them and letting them know there's a consequence to what you do off the field. And I think that's a good thing. Well, you know what? I have to disagree with you, Galen, Terry, and Glover, <laughs> especially what you said, Glover, because, you know, tell me if I'm wrong or right. I know y'all like, what is he talking about? We know you're wrong. Well, well, let me tell you why and tell me if I'm wrong. When they was getting these players, they didn't care nothing about their schoolwork. Am I right? When they was coming to get these players, 
All they want to do is perform on the field. They didn't care about them getting a degree. Then it started changing where all these players want to get a degree, and it came to, you know, school. So they try to make them get these degrees. In the NFL, you're going to play on the field to play to perform on the field. You're not going there to, to wear a suit off the field for them and all like that. So basically, they want what you do on the field. Am I right? It's all about on the field. And that's but how the schools were doing it. First, they were like, hey, we just, they want, didn't care if the players went to class. Am I right, guys? It's true to a certain point, love, but, but what's wrong with that? What's wrong with the coach saying, you know what, not only do I want you to play football and be a good football player for me, but I also want you to get an education. How many people make it into the NFL? And then how long do they last in the NFL? What are you going to do after your NFL dream is gone? You need something to fall back on. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I, I totally I agree. I totally agree, and here's the, the, the after effect of not getting the education. Now we have how many of these athletes who are broke, in debt, didn't graduate from college, homeless. Think of think of all these guys that you guys are talking about who weren't held accountable in college, who aren't being held accountable in the pros. And so once it's all said and done, because that window is small. It's a small window. You know, back when Galen played and when you played, love, think about how the money was compared to how the money is now. And we still see that vicious cycle of, look at T.O., 80-something million, 90 million, he's claiming broke. Think about how many guys are claiming broke. Now let's go back to their education. Did they take advantage of those education when they were in school? No, they didn't because somebody put in their head that, you know what? Don't worry about going to class. We'll take care of you. Well, guess what? Them dudes can't count. Who's going to hire them? What can they do the rest of their life? You know what I'm saying? So they got to start being held accountable. And if they're not, then the coaches and the universities need to be held accountable. I think that's a good point. The glove is making this thing. We've been talking about the concussion stuff here recently. And, you know, sometimes we as players need to have someone step in for us and protect us from ourselves. And so by legislating or making it mandatory for someone to do something, it's not bad. It's a good thing when you're trying to protect somebody, a player, whether it be concussions, whether it be them getting a degree so that after they finish competing on the field, that they'll have something to show for it and that they can get into normal daily life and get a career beyond sports, it's a good thing. So definitely we disagree with you, Love, as it relates to that. Well, and you know what? I'm I'm playing with what I was coming up with because if you guys remember, um, I don't know if you remember, but uh, when the college was doing recruiting, remember the the, um, coach for Alabama went into that lady home? All he kept telling her was, I'm going to get your son in the pro. Remember that? I'm gonna, she said she didn't want him to go there because he not once said nothing about education. You remember that came out? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so it's still going on, Galen. So that's what I'm saying is they might come in there and say, oh, it's education, if they do say it. But this big school, Alabama, never once told that lady about, you know, your kid get a degree. you come out and have a job if you don't make it football. Am I right, Glover? Well, well you also got to look at you, you. You're probably right. But you also got to look at what environment that coach was going into. I, I guarantee you it wasn't the suburbs. You know, yeah, when you go into a lower income 
environment, see, that's what those parents want to hear. Why? Because they're uneducated. But when you go into an environment where, where the parents went to college and the parents have good jobs and the parents have been successful according to the standards of graduating college and being employed, you, you can't you can't sell that. You know what you does going to the NFL. Because the first thing the parents are gonna do is say, Hey, well what what type of academics do you have? You know what I'm saying? See, my funny story is this, I went to UNLV on on a recruiting trip. Limousine, girls, party, casino, suite, all that. Not once for the whole entire weekend did they talk football or the campus, academic wise. You know, 20 years later, I just recently found out where UNLV's campus was. So, so that lets you know what they were thinking about. And, 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 it's crazy, and, and as funny as it may sound, I didn't even know they had a campus. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta hear about that story. Well, let me, Gary. That's a good point. We gotta take a break, and we gotta call on on hold too. We'll take him after the break, too, guys. But that's a good story, though, Glad because all recruits just are like that. Yes, no. So this is Jim, our host of Love of Sports Talk. Coach Ted Jackson, our host uh, Gaylord Jackson. We got our main man, best friend Eric Glover from San Diego on the line. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about? Either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go. You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. Play ball! If you're looking to talk baseball, even in the offseason, look no further than the King's Corner Talking Baseball with former World Series champion Jim Lairitz. Jim's known for a rather controversial stance during his show. He's brutally honest and ready to talk with current and former players, owners, and other key figures to bring you baseball from an insider's view. You won't want to miss a single episode. The King's Corner, Talking Baseball with Jim Lairitz is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even lawnmower racing, Pit Pass USA has got you covered. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing. Pit Pass USA with Larry Henry. Your front row seat to the world of racing. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. 
James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. We are back from the break. We're loving that sports talk. We got call online. Jay, are you there? Yeah, man, I'm here. How you doing today, Jay? I'm doing all right. Well, Jay, we 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 sitting here talking about you know all the NFL players that get in trouble, the background checks, and these kids in college, you know, they doing background checks. What's your input on that? Well, here's the biggest problem with you know kids in college, and it's the importance that universities put on football programs because it's a money generator. Uh, you know, I worked at a university and you would not believe the treatment the football players get. These guys haven't won a game in like three years. But still, you know, they get the preferential treatment over any other athlete at the uh, at the university. I, I just think to universities, it's big business. Of course they're going to go in and you know, they're going to tell kids, promise kids, you know, the impossible, you know, their ultimate goal, their ultimate dreams. And more than likely, they're not going to be able to deliver because how, what percentage of college kids actually make it to the NFL? 8%, 10%? One. Less than one. Yeah, it's not even that much, yeah. It's one, it's one, one or less. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. Well, my question is to all you guys and you, Jay, but don't these – um, kids, the football program and all that basketball, bringing the money for the university, so they should get the treatment, right? Because they're the ones bringing the money for the school. Am I right, guys? Who want to start? I'll start. No. Does tuition bring money into the school? The kids that are paying to go there? Go ahead. Who are the, who, somebody uh, say the name of the things right. like tuition is where colleges make their money. Most of these schools are state-run, correct? So... I mean, they should be getting money elsewhere. I mean, taxes pay for that stuff. And to me, a college should be a nonprofit organization where, you know, they don't make any money. They just make enough money to pay the people that work there. To me, it's just, I don't know. The whole, I love college sports. It's probably my number one because because there are kids there that are just playing because they know they're never going to make it to the next level. But they're playing their hearts out. They're not making any money at it. And it just makes for better football. You get to the NFL, and it's all about contracts, and it's all about money. And, um, you know, it's not about teamwork anymore. It seems like any, you know, lately, it's just about who, you know, people are trying to put together teams based on money. It happens in baseball. happens in basketball. And, you know, they just put these players together hoping that they're going to get a championship out of it. But there's really no chemistry and teamwork like there is at the college level where the, those kids are just playing for the heart of it. Well, what do you other guys think about that? Who first? Eric, Terry, Gala? I'll go. Go ahead, Eric. This is, is Gala. Gala. Well, you know, I mean, professional sports are just that. They're big business, so they generate revenue, uh, the players are entitled to a certain percentage of that revenue. 
And so there is a business side to playing professional football, whereas in your college level, I mean, there's definitely a business side, but it's only uh, <clears throat> it's only for the benefit of the university. And so, uh, and a, the player does ha- get their education paid for on athletic scholarship, but it's not nearly as much as what those teams generate. Uh, from TV revenue and all the other advertising and so forth revenue that comes into the university along with ticket sales and, and everything else that comes into the university. And so, you know, I mean, you have teams right now, college football and and college, especially college football, is at a crisis because all these universities, you keep seeing them jumping from conference to conference because of the big-time money associated with, uh, with, with it. But they don't want to take care of the players. So I, for me, I'm the exact opposite of you, Jay, that the college game is in more disarray definitely than the professional. So I'll let somebody else take over. This is Terry, and, and I agree with you, Galen. Um, it, it is a big business, and I think that they're trying, to, since the players are not entitled to a percentage of that money, they let these players get away with doing whatever they want, and, and they feel that they're helping them out that way, um, which is the wrong thing. I mean, there's a lot of money to be gained by winning your conference, going to a bowl game, winning a championship. Um, some of these coaches are paid over $600,000 a year just to coach these sports. Uh, so it's a big business, uh, and, I, and I think it's too big for for what it is for for the college level. Um, you go into the pros, a lot of that money has to be um, given out, disseminated out to players or, or whatever, but it's not in college. Hey, this is Eric. Eric. This is okay, Eric. Y'all might, y'all might say I'm crazy and wild, which I normally am anyway, <laughs> and I have something to say that's always different. I think college football, college sports in general, is the biggest slave system out there. The reason being, you sign a contract, which is a scholarship, to go to school. So they pay for your education, which a large portion of athletes don't take advantage of because they think they're going to the pros. So by paying for your education, they think that's all that the college kids need. Prime example, Marshall Falk played in San Diego, San Diego State. I'm from San Diego. They sold thousands and thousands of Marshall Falk T-shirts. Do you know how much money Marshall Falk got off those T-shirts? Not a penny. <clears throat> Excuse me. Do you know how much money the university made? Hundreds of thousands of dollars. Take big programs like uh, Alabama and Auburn that are in the SEC. They play for a national championship game. That's $30 million on top of all the other TV and licenses and merchandising and ticket sales and all those other things that those kids are generating for the program. The one guy was saying that coaches make six hundred thousand. They say they make eight million dollars a year. Yeah, the neighbors, yeah, they making five, six million at least. Yeah, they're making minimum in those big programs five million. So what needs to be done? Yes, and, and a lot of those new buildings you see going up on these big universities. Guess who's paying for those uh, big buildings? All these teachers going overseas on these grants and things like that. And, and all these other teachers getting these, these pay increases, sports are paying for those. Don't nobody want to admit to it, but sports are paying for it. So that's why you so see something these, needs to be done. Well, that's why you see these teams jumping from conference to conference and, 
you know, because they can make so much money, and they don't even have to win to make the money. And You're so absolutely they, right. That's why they. That's why they're doing it. Now, I would disagree, Glover, with that it's a slave system, just because at least they're getting paid. The slaves that they did it for free and got whooped up for them. So, but I, I, I said it's a slave system because all you, I said that because all they're getting is the education. Yeah, you're not yeah. even get, you're not even getting money. If, if okay, if you're not even on the training table, and it's ten o'clock at night, and your parents can't afford to give you money to buy some food or something, then what are you going to do? Think about well, it. these guys. Are, well, guys, these guys, let me go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, let me ask you this. I think what Jay saying is, he was saying the athlete getting all these treatments around campus, but what's wrong with because they bring money, they the same thing doing that other schools are. They paying them money to go to that school and get a degree, but the athlete getting that paid for it. But, like, I think, am I right, Jay? you saying that they getting all this treatment around the campus just because they're, they're athletes. Is that it, Jay? Yeah, I mean... I know that, you know, they are the ones generating revenue for the school. I agree with you guys completely about that. You know, it's sports, you know, bring money into the company. That's what's paying for the new buildings. That's what's paying for the new stadiums. It, you know, it's selling tickets. They're selling merchandise. They're, you know, selling their school colors. And, but I don't think that these kids need to get preferential treatment on campus. You know, they come into the dining halls and, where they, you know, get whatever they want, they get special steak dinners and all that. You know, the other kids that go to school that are paying for, you know, you know their food, dining cards and whatnot, or, and to live there, they're not getting the same steak dinners. They're not getting the same food that the athletes are. I, I just think there's a little bit of, you know, a little bit of unfairness there on part of the universities, and it's... Oh, we got a controversy. Who are going to talk up on that one? <laughs> yeah, <this is> <laughs> <laughs> <Say> you may. <laughs> hey, no, this is Eric. I agree with what he just said. That part, I agree with that. Now, preferential treatment. I don't. I don't agree with you, Jay. No, no. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. I'm sure you don't have to agree with me, man. So let me, let me finish with that part. What he says, I agree to a certain extent, as long as it's not criminal. You follow me now. Now, athletes do need a little bit more nourishment and protein That's in order to perform. So so they should get a little. Now, nothing over the top, but, yeah, they should get the steak dinner. What, what does normal kids eating on, on the normal table need a steak for? <laughs> yeah, if you got a pencil neck like James Loving used to be, you need to get him some nourishment and him eating, you know, Chips and, and, and Burger King and all that stuff he didn't need to do when he was playing, see? So you need to, you are breaking down your body daily, and you need to be, you need to have the right energy and, 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 and input into your body so that you can perform against the other teams out there. So those normal athletes, the normal students aren't going out and, and putting a demanding, rigorous workout on their body. And then they're going hey, to school. Hey, they, 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 they need to, they let, need to let's be Let's stop playing with this. The bottom yeah, line is, is that <laughs> those preferential treatment, people are going to get preferential treatment in life, period. Those guys are out there on the football team or they're on the basketball team. They're performing. They're doing something for that school. They're going to get preferential treatment. That's the way our society has 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 been forever, okay? It's no different than the, than the pro athletes. They're going to get preferential treatment. It happens. That's life. That's something that we got to say. Okay, 
Uh, I'm going to be a bigger, better man than that. I don't, I don't need anybody to give me anything. I'll go and, and earn everything I get, if that's the case. But preferential treatment has been around for gosh knows how long. You know, anybody that's, that's, that's a star, that's important, um, that, that society thinks is important, they're going to get preferential treatment. Who do you know can go to a mall and shut down the mall and go shopping? Who, who can stop a restaurant for the rest of the night and, and go in there with him and a few people and eat? Somebody that's getting preferential treatment. Can have money. Okay. I, I agree with Gabriel because, and then Gabe, um, and then I agree with Eric too. What Eric said is, if it's criminal, you shouldn't get that treatment. But some players are, isn't it? But then what you said, and I agree with like Gabe, hey, you need that nourishment. That other player, you know, they running around all day, you know, and bringing all this money. What's wrong with them getting a steak and the other kids eating hamburgers? There's nothing wrong with that. So I can't agree with both of all everybody, you know. And like Terry said, you know, everybody, no matter what, give, they give treatment everywhere, especially, you know. The bigger schools are doing even more nobody knows about with all the kids. You know, they're giving them cars and phone cards to call home. So, you know, it could go both ways. It, do, am I right or wrong? You guys disagree? Uh, I agree with you. I mean, it's right. But the thing about it is, is trying to justify it. I mean, there is no justification for it, in my opinion. Um, preferential treatment for football players, uh, it's been going on forever. Uh, or athletes in general, it's been going on forever. From high school, if you're a great athlete in high school, uh, what a year, athlete of the year, um, you know, you, probably the prom king and <laughs> so on and so forth. Because <laughs> people hey, look Jay, at I your prowess, your you. athletic ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, um, hey, hey, athletes hey, have gotten preferential go treatment from day one, as far as I can remember. Jay, obviously you guys ain't giving them enough preferential treatment because you guys ain't won a game in three years. <laughs> so y'all need to be giving a little bit well, more. What school is that, Jay? <laughs> well, we always tell them, you know, they start winning, they get more treatment. Well, they need to get more because you can't track them. You, know? hey, you need to give them a steak. Yeah, you need to give them more treatment. You can put a lobster with that. Throw some shrimp in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give them a steak, they'll win a game. <laughs> You know, just talking about this preferential treatment real quick, you know, doesn't it just build kind of a bad attitude from the beginning? You know, I know college, I know high school kids, you know, geez, I'm an All-American, I can do this, I can get away with that, I can, you know. But, you know, and then they just, it just builds up an ego that I think is unnecessary amongst athletes. I mean, athletes have egos, and that's great. They need that on the field, you know, it's kind of their edge on the field. You know, you need to go in with confidence, I get it. But they have to understand where that those sidelines end, you know, and when they're in society, I don't think they should be treated the way they are on a football field. You know, and they shouldn't, but the bottom line is that that's our society. You look at our governors, our representatives, our senators, you know, when, when they meet, they get certain amounts of time off. They don't have to be there for, they get uh, uh, special health care benefits that, you know, nobody else gets. Preferential treatment has been around and will continue to be around. That's just something that we're going to have to live with and get used to. Hey, let's look. Oh, I agree. Let's, let's well, look yeah. at terms like this. Look at terms like this. You're walking down the street. You see a beautiful woman with big boobs. What do you do? <laughs> you smile and you acknowledge, right? Across the street, there's a big old fat girl. Do you acknowledge her and smile at her? <laughs> 
Yeah, you do. <laughs> love, love, Mike. Love, Mike. Love, the Love, Mike. You should, Jay. <laughs> you know, Jay, I agree with you in the fact that we need to be good citizens off the field. And so 100%. I, I agree with that. You know, I mean, we need to be good citizens in that we need to treat people with respect and, and, and we don't need to think that we're better than anybody else. I certainly agree with you on that. Uh, and that's the way we should, and that's the way they should be taught. I mean, because uh, you, you are the fan. You know, the fans are out there. They're very important to any university, college, or professional uh, athletics. And so you need to treat people with respect and, and dignity and I certainly agree with you 100% on that. Oh, yeah. Well, we got to take a break. We want to thank you for calling in, Jay. And call in next week, and maybe your team will win a game. Right. <laughs> I'll give you a call next week, James. Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot, Jay. Well, guys, we're going to uh, take a break. When we come back, we got Reggie Slater. We're going to talk a little bit about the NBA, see what he thinks, and see what you guys think about the San Antonio Spurs and Terry Jackson Heat. Me, me and Eric Glover don't like the Miami Heat. Do we, Glover? <laughs> I like LeBron, but I'm not a Heat fan. <laughs> well, I'm not a LeBron fan, so that's a little comfort. And like you said, hey, Glove, you talk about I would have looked, you know, but we know Gator would. He would have got on the phone. I did not look. I did not look. We'll <laughs> 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 uh, be right back. This is Love That Sports Talk. <laughs> internet flagship station for sports voice america sports if you're looking for a radio show about boxing you usually can't find one until you stop by the voice america sports channel tune in to outside the ring with former world lightweight champion and u.s olympian david diaz we'll deliver the knockout punches with our guests as we go inside the minds of today's top fighters we'll throw in discussion of other sports as well from time to time Outside the Ring with David Diaz airs every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Kevin Lewis has been a student of the game his entire life, from Little League to the NFL. Tune in Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Voice America Sports. Hustling with K. Lewis. It's not where you start, it's how you finish. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemont Williams. Each week, join Lemont as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. For Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. We'll be right back. 
You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. James Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk. And like we said, we got T. Jackson is... We got Galen Daxton, and we got Eric Glover. Guy, we talking about pressure and treatment, you know. I know back in the school day, you know, this person, he, every every time, he was getting staked in and brought to his dorm room. <laughs> we got former NBA Reggie Slater. You there, Reggie? Yeah, I'm here. What's up, man? What'd you get for treatment, Reggie? I'm, I'm just in here listening about preferential treatment, brother. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> well... You're asking people to do extraordinary things, so they should get extraordinary benefits, should they not? Yeah. Well, preferential treatment. There you go. Well, I know um, you guys want to shoot your question, but I'm going to start with you. Is San Antonio going to run through everybody? Everybody keeps talking about that now, but can they keep that up? They seem like they're doing a pretty good job so far. <laughs> so if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think they're going to do okay. Well, I mean, what is it about San Antonio that, you know, Oklahoma pulled had a better team, you know, is it because they're on the run? Well, I think a lot of it starts with the head. Uh, Greg Popovich is a very disciplined coach. Not that Oklahoma is not disciplined. I mean, I'm watching the games, and I'm seeing these guys uh, go through some, just go unfazed when they're 22 points down. I mean, it's not like they're throwing up their hands and getting mad at each other. These guys believe in their heart of hearts that they're going to come back. That's a sign of commitment. That's a sign of mental toughness. So these guys are there. I think they need a little bit more seasoning, though, and that's something that San Antonio has on them. Uh, they've got some core guys in, in Duncan, Ginobili, Parker, and they've got a fantastic uh, surrounding cast that are, uh, that are coming up and stepping up. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, you've you got to take your head off to the coach, Popovich, for preparing these guys. Guys? Hey, yeah, uh, Reggie, how you doing? It's Terry Jackson. Hey, how you doing? Hey, Reggie, I think that they're just they're they're way more experienced, and I I think they're more experienced from top to bottom than mm-hmm. than Oklahoma City. Um, Kevin Durant, he 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 looked to really be struggling uh, the last couple of games um, as far as getting his shots. Um, mm-hmm. Ibaka's not he, he he's not that much of a force, and he, he doesn't score very well. Um, and and I think San Antonio will continue. This I think they're just that strong and that mentally prepared to continue it. And quite frankly, I don't see anybody beat them. Well, we'll see. Time will tell. I mean, I agree with you. I think uh, uh, Ibaka and those guys and Perkins were brought on board to to protect the paint. They were brought on board to be a defensive presence and not as much as a offensive presence. That yeah. load has been given to. Um, uh, Westbrook and certainly Durant, but what's happening is, man, they've got uh, the Spurs are prepared for Oklahoma's high, uh, high-powered offense very well, and so what's happening is they're leaving Kendrick Perkins overboard some shots that he doesn't, uh, he's not comfortable no. with making, and he right. uh, Ubaka and those guys, so it's hurting them. Uh, so again, I, I agree with you, Terry. I think that 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 the Spurs are more seasoned. And it's showing right now. Now, as far as energy, uh, boy, I tell you, I think Oklahoma has it in the sense that those guys 
uh, are flying around all over the place, but I think San Antonio has, again, a, they're more prepared, more seasoned, and, uh, you know, they've been there already, so they know what to expect. But I am, but I am uh, 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 pleasantly surprised at the poise that Oklahoma has shown thus far. Mm. Yes. This is Galen. Now, you know, I'm just going to make a comment and see what you think about it, Reggie. Um, I, I've been listening to Charles Barkley, and I think he makes some good points is that, you know, San Antonio can get easy buckets in the paint. You know, they have Tim Duncan as a presence. This one other guy. Anyway, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, they don't have a presence. You know, they do have uh, Umbaka and um, uh, Perkins, you know, uh, uh-huh. but they can't get any easy buckets in the paint. Do you think that's going to be the telltale sign that they may, they may not get through this round? Well, yeah, exactly. Again, as I said, I think Ibaka and Perkins were are are, are their their strong suit and their role in this is to play defense. They're 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 the defensive guy. But what's happening is uh, uh, San Antonio is executing a great defensive plan. They're, le- they're they're closing out on the big guys. Once they're open, they're closing out on them. And Perkins and these guys are forced to take shots that they normally are not used to taking. And that's offsetting the offensive game plan of Oklahoma. Again, I think the lion's share of the points come from the NBA scoring leader, uh, Kevin Durant, uh, Westbrook, uh, Harden. Those are the guys that they're looking and depending on to, 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 to carry the load offensively. But what San Antonio is doing, again, is because they're so well coached. If Tony has a bad game or Ginobili, uh, they're, out of their big three, Tim will step up, or, or somebody will step up. But add on to that, they've got such a great supporting cast. If you look at the depth of people that you reach into during the playoffs, the rotation goes from 10 to probably 7 or 8. If you look at San Antonio, they still got 9 to 10 guys that are coming, uh, five, you know, five guys that are coming off the bench and are contributing. They're hitting some open jumpers. Uh, you know, Tim is, they have to respect the inside because of Tim Duncan. Uh, Ginobili's doing a very good job of, of keeping them on their toes. He has that unorthodox kind of play where he can maneuver inside. He can hit the jump shot. Uh, he, he's doing a lot of drive and, 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 and toss out to the outside shooters, and these guys are contributing. Uh, Oklahoma does not have to be Tony quite Parker there yet. wearing down Westbrook as well. Um, oh, he's, yeah. He's making, him, oh, he's making him work defensively. Oh, my Lord. Exactly. Usually, usually it's the other way around when people are chasing Westbrook. But, mm-hmm. man, I tell you, they're so disciplined on offense, San Antonio is, that he's having to go through screen after screen after screen. That's tiring, especially the minutes that he's putting up. Ready? do you think San Antonio will get Miami if Miami ends up going to the championship? I think that will be a very good game because you have got, I think Popovich is the better coach, uh, but uh, uh, San Antonio has been there before. And we've all seen, and I don't want to say this, I want to be careful how I phrase this, we've seen how LeBron has ha- acted in championship games. Now, I'll wait for you to say that. Kill. I've seen him kill for the playoffs, and then when it, when it comes time for the championship, where is he? You know, type thing. I'm not saying that's going to happen again, but, you know, that's until he does something different, I'm a, I'm, that's what I'll remember last. Now, I've seen Tim Duncan, Ginobili, uh, uh, Parker, all these other guys show up real big in the playoffs. So uh, and when you get to the, you know, you're at the most competitive stage uh, when we get to the playoffs. So I, I, I think that Wade will show up. Now, the uh, the, uh, uh, the MVP, the reigning MVP, 
I have to see if he shows up. I don't think uh, LeBron James wants to go through another summer like he did this past. Uh, and I think he'll be there. Um, <clears throat> I think he's learned a lot and grown a lot. But as I say that, and as talented as I think Miami is, as much as I would like to see them win, if San Antonio is playing as well as they're playing right now, I just don't think that Miami is deep enough to get a seven-game series to get San Antonio. Uh-huh. You know, everybody blame, you know, because Chris Brock's out there, Reggie, and, you know, and I tell them, they say they give them a pass. How can you give them a pass when you got LeBron and Dwayne, the two superstars in the league, and you give them a team a pass because that third guy, you know, that really ain't a superstar like them, you know, <laughs> you, you can't do that. That's just giving LeBron a scapegoat to get out, right? Well, uh, he is, Chris Bosh is a bona fide star. If he wasn't, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have demanded the money that he did mm-hmm. when they did that initial, those initial contracts for those guys. Mm-hmm. I think that LeBron and, and, and uh, the offense is geared towards guards. So that's why LeBron and Dwayne shine so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, when Houston won the championship way back in, I think it was 94 or 95, their, their superstar was Akeem Olajuwon. That offense was geared towards the inside. I mean, they, they do the half-court deal, and Dream would do his shakes, and he'd shine. But uh, uh, the offense here is catered towards, you know, the guard play. A guard play of Dwayne Wade and, and LeBron. So, I mean, that's why he may not seem like he is a superstar stature as those other guys. But he is a star. And as far as giving him a pass, I don't necessarily know that they're giving him a pass and an out for LeBron. But you got to also understand what Chris Bosh brings to that team. I mean, Chris Bosh is a seven-footer. He's their inside guy. He's not like Kevin Durant, uh, who wants to stand outside the three-point line and shoot threes. He's their, he's their only, basically, big inside presence. Um, you got Duel Anthony there. He's just a smaller guy, but he's their other inside presence. And Udonis Haslam's just not—you know—he's he, not as big and he's not as strong as Joel. Um, so you got to understand what they are missing when they don't have Chris Bosh. I think they're playing a lot better without Chris Bosh than they were playing with Chris Bosh. Well, I think they're playing better, but it's just because of the teams they're facing. I mean, uh-huh. once they get that's to a right. team like uh, San Antonio, you know, uh, then that's going to re- really <laughs> affect them because you have Tim Dunk as a presence down there. <clears throat> and, yeah. and, 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 I have, and I have to agree with that because you can do fast breaks and do all the pretty stuff all you want to. And you guys have seen it. You'll see it tonight if it's a close game. When it comes down to it, you're going to have to have an inside presence. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to have a big man in order to win. Because the fast can only last so long. At some point, you're going to have to have a half-court offense, and in order for the defense to play you right, you're going to have to have somebody that's demanding or, I'm sorry, commanding respect on the inside. It can't be LeBron posting up all the time. I'm so glad you said that, Reggie, because me and Love had this conversation, <laughs> and we didn't agree. I said, Love, you've got to have a big man. Yeah. You've got to have a big guy. Love said, no, you don't have to have a big guy. This huh. is the, we was talking about the Chris Bosh pass thing. So I'm so but glad you, you said that, Reggie. But oh, you know yeah. what, though, Reggie? Even, 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 even with Michael Jordan, those guys You had. don't have to. Um, <laughs> Boston didn't have no big man. They had Perkins. Perkins not that big, am I right? They had Boston, Kevin Garnett. They had Garnett. Garnett wasn't playing the center, though. Yeah, but it don't yeah. matter. Whether he's power center, they're all going to play. Uh, forward, center, and guard when they're down there on the block. It, it doesn't matter. It's, you know, you, you've got to have your big man. 
Well, that's what we were talking about with Oklahoma. They're big men. There's no nothing there for them in the post to get some easy points. Scoring. Let me get to the call and get to the question. Catherine, love are you there? I am. Hi. How you doing? Good. How are you guys? Good. Great. Good. Right. Go with your question. My my question is: You're talking about these superstars that make or break a team. Um. It, and my question is, isn't it more important to have a well-rounded team with a lot of substance in case the star goes down? And if so, how come the team itself is relying on the uh, qualities of the superstar to make or break the games? Who wants to start? Well, I just say, it's Terry, I just say look at Indiana. Reggie, Galen, Eric. Go okay. ahead, Reggie. Uh, A superstar, whether it's uh, Tim Duncan, whether it's LeBron James, or whoever the the, the superstar is right now, they are going. They're if they're doing their job, they're going to raise the level of play of everybody around them. Now, I agree with you 100. percent It's a team sport, and everybody has to play. But there's something psychological about being in that fourth quarter, and when the game is tight, about who wants to take the shot. You get a lot of guys running away from the ball, running away from that responsibility. A superstar has to be able to, 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 to hold his mental state of, of, of being able to accept that responsibility and having the confidence to perform on call. Now, he fully understands whether it's Michael Jordan, Charles Berkeley, Larry Bird, Allen Iverson, LeBron James, whoever. Now, he understands that he cannot do this by himself. However... When it's ready to hit the fan, it's the job of that superstar to perform. The lights are on. That's what he gets paid for. He gets paid for the very end of the game, for when everything's on the line and somebody has to have the gall to come up there and perform. Indiana Pacers had Miami Heat down, and they did not have that. They did not have that player, that superstar, to demand Deliver the ball or to get anybody else open. They're a good team. They're one or two people from being a great team because you right. have a superstar. Uh, Terry, a superstar agree, but look at Look at the Bulls in the regular season when Derrick went down, they still was winning. Why did it change in the, in the playoffs, uh, guys? Playoffs is a different ball game, Reggie. I think you can speak on that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's an entirely different ball game. You, 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 you. The ball is still around, but the focus, the tension, the the. The concentration is so thick, and everything is so much more magnified and focused, uh, you know, in a playoff as compared to a regular season game. And you need to that, be able to get points in the half in the half court. And Derrick Rose is the one person on the Chicago Bulls that can create for himself and everybody else. And when they lost that, then when it came down to the stretch, they they didn't have nobody to go to. Did that answer your question, Catherine? It did. Thank you very much. Thank you for uh, calling in. Thank you for today. And great job, guys. Love you, honey. I love you, too. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. All right. I already know you guys are killing me. Who is that? Hey, I can't wait to the commercial. Anyway, hey, love. San Diego, that's all I got to say, right? <laughs> hey, you hey. know what? Everything, everything you guys said was, was totally true. 
and and I think Reggie hit it best, and and you guys did as well. At the end of the game, with 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 two minutes left, or three minutes left, or a minute left, who wants the ball in their hand? That's the superstar. That's why he gets paid all the money. Think about it. LeBron runs around screens to get away from the ball, and that's my dude. Instead of going to the ball. You know, you, you look at Kobe. Kobe wants the ball. Like you said, my main man is Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce never runs from the ball. He always runs to it. Matter of fact, he wants to bring the ball up court in the fourth quarter. See, to me, those are guys that are superstars. You know, and then when you guys are talking about San Antonio, I think that the unsung hero in San Antonio is Tony Parker, who nobody ever talks about, and Manu Ginobili. Because... Oklahoma has no answer for those two guys right there. Yeah, I agree. You know what? We only got 30 seconds left. But um, next we will talk more about this. Reg, you call in again? Yes, sir. All right. I want to thank you guys for being on, you know, on the show again. You know, always a great show you guys. And uh, like Reggie say, yeah, feel the love. I know y'all going to kill me feel on the, the love. love. Feel the love. <laughs> hey, hey, love. You didn't, yeah. you, didn't thank, you didn't thank Kathy for being on the show. <laughs> oh, thank Kathy. My wife will be on the show. Love you, honey. <laughs> Love you, honey. <laughs> I'll see you next week. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at Loving That Sports Talk at Yahoo.com.